Welcome to Watershed's podcast and a happy new year. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the head of cultural programme at Watershed. As the old year ended with a look back at the cinematic highs and lows, so it is only fitting that the new one should begin with a forward glance at the forthcoming prospects in the film world. We literally hit the ground running and as far as I can see do not take a break till sometime in April. Already showing at Watershed, as we belatedly record this podcast, are two powerful films. First up is Stephen Daldry's The Reader, adapted by David Hare from the acclaimed novel by Bernhard Schlink. The acclaim for the novel was that it presented a fresh and uncomfortable perspective on the Holocaust, one which tries to get into the minds of the perpetrators. Uncomfortable because it is all too easy to think of the world in easy binary opposition of right and wrong, good and evil, whereas the novel presents nuance and moral ambiguity. For Germans, it begins to address the question head-on of generational responsibility. In a recent article for the Guardian newspaper, David Hare reminded of Jean-Luc Godard's astute observation, if ever a film is to be made about Auschwitz, it will have to be from the point of view of the guards. The reader, both film and book, are attempts to address this controversial and complex perspective. The reader is the story of a teenage boy in post-war Germany who has an affair with an older woman, played here by Kate Winslet. In later years, the boy is training to be a lawyer. As part of his studies, he goes to war crime trials, where he discovers his former lover on trial accused of being a Nazi guard. The film is beautifully judged and excellently structured, with a truly outstanding performance from Winslet. I confess right now that I am not a great admirer of Kate Winslet, but here she shows herself to be a formidable actress with an emotional depth presented in the nuances of her facial expressions that gives her character a very real presence and ambiguous past. As an aside, I am sure Winslet will be a worthy Oscar winner either for this or for her other up-and-coming film, Revolutionary Road. Good as the reader is, I feel it is not without its problems. It is, of course, dramatic, and director Daldry as you can imagine, does a great job of drawing the audience in and engaging us in the morality of actions. But, and for me, it is a big but, I couldn't help wondering if the film ended up, to put it crudely, as an apology for illiterate Nazis. If only this woman had been able to read, been educated, she would have been saved from her barbaric actions. In effect, it wasn't really her fault, was it? This, I feel, is given more credibility by the fact that she is played by her very own dear Kate Winslet, who, whilst giving a quite brilliant performance, would never knowingly or maliciously hurt anyone. Perhaps I am being naive, and having read David Hare's account of tackling the adaptation, I certainly wouldn't like to go a few rounds with him on it. But on leaving the cinema, with some fellow audience members reduced to tears, indeed, my own emotions wrung, As I started to think about what the film was trying to say, the seeds of doubts were planted. Maybe it is a flaw of cinema in being able to deal with such subject matter, that the visual image reduces the ability to describe and debate, whereas the novel can explore and investigate emotion without becoming caught up in the emotional. Moving on, Shea the Argentine is the first of two parts of a portrait of revolutionary icon Ernesto Che Guevara. The second part opens at Watershed in February. 
Director Soderbergh is coming for praise and criticism in equal measure for his efforts. I haven't seen them yet, so I hold critical fire, but vis-a-vis the Winslet issue above, I am somehow convinced of Benicio del Toro's ability to portray Shea. Where did that view come from, I think to myself. Apart from the obvious historic significance, Soderbergh's film is interesting from a technical perspective because he shot them both using the new RED cameras, which apparently give filmmakers the flexibility of digital with the quality of 35mm and a low price. They are spoken of as revolutionising, sorry, no pun intended, the digital filmmaking process. Southwest-based cinematographer Terry Flaxton is doing some pioneering research at Bristol University on high definition and electronic cinematography and gave an illuminating talk at the Encounters Festival on the impact and virtues of red cameras. And you can find out more at www.flaxton.btinternet.co.uk No sooner are the reader and Shea on our screens than Danny Boyle's Slumdog Millionaire hits the cinema. It is a dazzling, energetic film which moves you effortlessly between the slums and mean streets of Mumbai, wrapped up with the inexorable narrative pool of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. The script is by Simon Beaufoy, who people remember wrote The Full Monty, amongst other films, and is moving and witty, and Boyle's dynamic direction makes the film zip along. Slumdog Millionaire is the first in what I'm sure will be an increasing synthesis of dramatic structure of Western cinema and the sheer exuberance of Bollywood films. Milk will surely win Sean Penn an Oscar for his equally exuberant performance as Harvey Milk, the first openly gay American voted into major public office in San Francisco in the 1970s. He was assassinated in 1978, and as recently as 2000, was voted as one of the most important Americans of the 20th century by Time magazine. Another American film, Doubt, sees another masterclass in acting between Meryl Streep, a sister, Aloysius Bovier, who suspects a priest, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, of abusing young boys. The dialogue-rich film allows the actors to parry great exchanges which lead to thought-provoking debate about religion and morality. February has the return of Woody Allen. He's been going through a varied few years in terms of quality, but by all accounts, Vicky Cristina Barcelona is a true return to form. It certainly has a mouth-watering, if not juicy, cast list, including Spanish stars Javi Bardem and Penelope Cruz, joined by American indie actress Scarlett Johansson. And with a witty Woody Allen script, something for everyone, I would have thought. Lauren Cante's The Class was the unanimous Palme d'Or winner at Cannes last year. And whilst its synopsis, a committee teacher tackles a racially mixed school in a tough district of Paris, might sound somewhat cliched in cinema terms, Cante delivers an absorbing, powerful and extremely topical film drawn from the very real experience of teacher Francois Bogadil, who stars in the film. Smuggled amongst all these art house big hitters, as the film industry parlance would have it, is Better Things, a British film which was one of only three representing the UK in Cannes last year. It was shown in the Critics Week strand. Directed by Dwayne Hopkins, whose short films we have screened at Encounter Short Film Festival, Better Things is a distinctive, austere drama about rural teenage life and drug addiction set in the Cotswolds. The story of the film's reception in the UK and attempts to get it distributed 
are a demonstration of how difficult the UK exhibition scene is for distinctive and orthodox voices. At the time of recording this podcast, I'm hoping to get Dwayne Hopkins and the film's energetic producer, Sam Haley, to come to Watershed to talk about the film and share experiences of how independent films can get made and distributed against the odds in the UK. Looking further ahead, we have the screen adaptation of David Peace's The Damned United, a portrait of maverick football manager Brian Clough's short tenure over the team he loathed, Leeds United. Clough is played by Michael Sheen, so it should be a cracker. Continuing the football theme, June sees Ken Loach's Looking for Eric, a drama based on the life of Eric Cantona. Story has it that when Loach was researching the film, he went to a Man United match at Old Trafford and was in one of the guest boxes before the match, wherein he met United manager Alex Ferguson, who proceeded to quote verbatim from Loach's films. Loach had to remind him he had a team talk to get to. Getting Loach and Ferguson on stage for a discussion, now there's a thought. Looking for Eric, I'm sure we'll get a coveted slot in competition at this year's Cannes Film Festival, along with Pedro Almodovar's new film, Broken Embraces, which gets a release in the UK in late August. All in all then, good cinematic prospects for 2009. So hopefully see you at the cinema.